0: Yo, 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 welcome to the Make It Rain podcast. We are on the next episode, episode 40. It's your boy, D-Train, hashtag we back. This is our, I want to say, second or third recording in January. So the podcast is starting to come back. So that's very, very good. Uh, I got my guest with me today. Uh, his name is Dylan. Dylan, what's going on? And much, So are you? Not much, man, not much. Uh, Yo, it's it's been a while, so how you been? Yeah, I'm doing all right. All right, that's good, that's good, that's good. All right, so today uh, today we're going to be talking about the uh, blockbuster NBA trade that went down last week. Uh, We're also going to be talking a little bit about Kyrie Irving and his uh, absence um, from the Nets. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the Corona corona protocols in the NBA. We're going to talk about the home team, the Boston Celtics. And then lastly, we're going to, you know, talk a little bit about the games over this past weekend. So are you ready to dive in? I'm ready to go. All right. So last week big uh blockbuster trade for uh james harden because uh he was very unhappy in houston and so they had to move him but basically what happened uh the nets they received james harden 14 deal 14 blockbuster deals you know very very big they were even talking about it on uh nfl live last week (laughs) so (laughs) clearly it was big but uh as i was saying the nets uh the nets received james harden Uh, The Cavs received Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Uh, The Pacers received Karis Levert. And then the Rockets received Victor Olodipo, Dante Exum, Rodion Kurex, four first-round picks, and four first-round pick swaps. So I want to know, Dylan, uh, what were your thoughts on this
1: trade? I think for the most part, everyone won in this trade. Like, personally, I think there might have been too many picks sent out just for, like, James Harden. But he's an elite guy, so you got to do what you got to do. My thing is, where does the Cavs come into play here? Like, I know the Cavs were part of the trade, but logistically, I just don't understand how they kind of work in. Maybe it was, like, a salary thing. yeah. Because, like, they were just kind of, like, a last-minute throw-in when, like, all the reports are coming out. And I was like, why are the Cavs here? And, like, I think they actually, like, were the secret winners of this deal because they gave up almost nothing and gained a good player in Jared Allen for what was effectively a second-round pick.
0: Pretty much, yeah.
1: And for the most part, everybody kind of, like, won out. Because if you look at it from, like, the Rockets' perspective, Mm -hmm. they ended up with, like, essentially an almost replacement in Victor Oladipo, pending health, and they got a bunch of picks back, which they lost in the Westbrook trade. That little gamble they made that didn't work out for them, yep. And the Nets gained essentially either a third superstar or an insurance policy in case Kyrie never comes back. But reports are saying he's coming back, so we can probably lean on third superstar.
0: I mean, when I first saw this trade, um, I was you know I was like basically I think I think most of us have been in, in agreement that the. The Nets basically sacrificed all their death to get James Harden. Um, they didn't really they, – they would need him, they need him to uh, beat the Lakers in the finals, but I didn't think that they needed him to necessarily get out of the East. But now with James Harden, I mean, they're definitely getting out of the East, and they probably, you know, they have a championship window for at, at least the time that all three of them are signed there.
1: Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about the Pacers as well as going through my little ramble. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Levert, who I like. I think Levert's fine. He, may, he might not be like a game changer or anything, but they had to get rid of Oladipo because I guess he didn't really want to be there. Mm-hmm. But this season, I haven't heard any noise from them, so I don't know how much stock I'll put into that. Mm-hmm. But all in all, they got a pretty decent player, a pretty decent replacement for Victor Oladipo. For a guy that uh, they were supposedly going to lose at some point,
0: yeah, it's interesting now. But they're they're saying that Karras is out. He has a small mass, uh, small mass in his left kidney, so he's pretty much out indefinitely. For they don't know how long uh, he's he's going to be out for.
1: Yeah, like I would probably, I wouldn't give him like a grade now. I'll probably put it as like a super TBA only because we don't know what's going on with Levert right now. Yeah. Like, hopefully he comes back healthy, though. No, hopefully he was a
0: really good uh, player. Obviously now the Nets are probably the prohibited favorites, you know, right under, the, right under the Lakers. How do you think they are going to work
1: out? It's hard to say yeah. because I don't know if there's been, like, an ensemble like this ever in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, you got three arguably, like, top five, like, ISO scorers, or just like scorers in general, but a bunch of them, a few of them can also play off the ball, like KD has showcased it, like, mostly his entire career. Kyrie, a little bit when he's playing with LeBron. Harden, who hasn't done it in a while, but I think he's capable if they ask him to do it. But the only thing is, like, they are really bad on defense, which makes it a little less of a slam dunk they'll win a championship this year. Yep. But... I don't think there'll be a hindrance coming out of the East because I think there's a lot of, uh, I have a lot of reservations about the East at the top.
0: Uh, Like what you want to so, ask?
1: Well, so let's go like, say like the top four in the East, right? It's like Boston, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, yep. Indiana, I guess Miami. I mean like top four outside of Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, so like, I put Philly sports. in
0: there too. I think
1: Philly's top Oh yeah, totally throwable right Philly. So like say five. So if we go through the matchups, right, mm-hmm. I, think, I think Milwaukee is fucking fool's gold. I don't think they're that good. Like, they got good players, uh-huh. but when, when it comes to the playoffs, that half-court offense that <laughs> they have doesn't work, mostly because Giannis has, like, nothing in the half-court if you have, like, the guys to throw at him. And then with, like, Boston, there's something about the way they play and the way they made up that I just don't believe. Uh-huh. I think they're heavily reliant on jump shooting, but they're not exactly elite at it. Yep. And they don't have and they don't have the bigs where you can throw the ball in to like an easy scores at the rim. And their wings and their guards don't really drive all that often. Well, at least in terms of like their shot breakdown. A majority of the offense still comes from the perimeter. So I have a little reservations in there. I think Philly is one of those teams that's like feast or famine. I'm not really sure what I'm going to get from them. Yep. Like they have like a super high ceiling because I because of Embiid Simmons and the way the team is currently constructed now, where they surrounded them with shooters. Yep. But they also have like like a really low floor where they can't score because of the way they constructed. Like the way um the Simmons and Embiid fits a little awkward at times. Yes. Well, most well. 50-50, to most of the time. Okay, so we have Indiana. Yeah. One of the key lineups for Indiana is having, like, both their bigs out there, Miles Turner mm-hmm. and um, Sabonis. I'm not sure you can have both of them out there when you're facing a team that has three elite perimeter scorers. Like, it's come to my attention that they've improved this year on defense, especially, like, Sabonis. He has improved a little. He looks a little bit more switchable. Miles Turner has always been a good defensive player, maybe sometimes a little inconsistent. I just don't know if they can both be on the floor at the same time. And that's like a big thing for them. Yeah. Also, with Malcolm Brogdon, he's played well this year, but he has shown like regression as, um, as the year goes on. So like we'll see, we'll wait and see there. Like I know they can defend. They have like a good system there. I just don't know how it'll work out in practice with they to face three elite perimeter scorers, and then they also have to score with them. Mm-hmm. And with Miami, uh, I think last year was a little bit of full gold. Yep. Uh, we but we had there. to see. <laughs> we definitely like, Jimmy Butler's Jimmy Butler's good. He's great. Uh-huh. It's just like the, the rest of the guys. Yep. I felt like their defensive rise last year had— had a lot to do with, like, the system they ran and how comfortable the players were there. I want to see how well it works in year two. I don't think you can zone, like, you can zone Boston because their offense is, like, kind of janky, and they have a hard time hurting you, well, hurting Miami when they went into the zone. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's going to work out the same way with the Nets.
0: Yeah, I don't think you can zone that team. (laughs) How far do you think... um... Houston can go with their newly constructed um lineup.
1: I think they still have, I think they can still make the playoffs. Only because they got good players there. Yeah, Like John Wall, he's still good. Like he's a little like he's coming off the Achilles thing, right? So you're not gonna expect him to be hundred percent. I think he's still a good player. Mm-hmm. And Olado when he's healthy, still a good player. And my guy, Christian okay. Wood. Yes.
0: <laughs> Your guy, Christian Wood, yes.
1: <laughs> I think he's good enough well, like, those three guys together are good enough to maybe make, like, an eighth seed, maybe seventh. Because there's, like, a lot of, like, noise down there.
0: There is, there is.
1: Well, like, in both conferences, a lot of noise down there. you got, like, a bunch of teams that are, like, less than, what, less than 500 right now that are still in contention. Yep. I think they have good talent, but, like, a little uneven because they have a first-year head coach, and they don't have chemistry since, like, it's their first year. They had a short off-season, no training camp. So we'll see what happens. I believe in the talent, but I'm not sure how it plays out in practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, we agree. I think they can get one of those um, bottom seeds, the seventh or eighth seed. Uh, I don't think – I mean, they're obviously – they have they have a bright future. They have uh, four first-round picks and uh, four first-round pick swaps. So, you know, maybe they can get somebody in the draft or they can flip that for a star. Yeah. Um, you know, to be determined. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, depending on how the ping ball, uh, pong ball balls bounce for them. Yeah. Like, they could rebuild pretty fast. But the only thing is, like, as the team is currently constructed, mm-hmm. they're built for the present. So Yeah, we yeah I agree
0: with that, pretty much.
1: Like, maybe if, like, the team surprises in the way they perform, maybe they can uh, trade those picks for another star. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out for them, but maybe. You never know. Yeah. True.
0: Um, uh, What do you think is the Pacers ceiling? First or second round of the playoffs?
1: The thing about the Pacers is I'm actually unsure yep. with the Pacers. Because I think as they're playing now, I think they might be able to get to like the Western Conference Finals and lose to the Nets, <laughs> who I have making out of the East. Mm-hmm. Only because, like, they're a good defensive team. They yeah. seem to have figured out an offense also. They're healthier this year. I don't know if Levert coming back or not will really matter because yeah. they kind of... Well, they do have to replace Oladipo's uh, production, but Jeremy Lamb's not a bad player. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think they have, like, a good team there where they have, like, a high floor and, like, a moderate to, like, semi-high ceiling, yeah. maybe. I just don't know their championship team though. Like whenever I think of like Indiana, like even when I look at this move where they traded for Levert, yep. I don't know if they improved. I feel like they're always kind of shooting for the center uh-huh. where they want to just keep this train moving, yep. And where they where they don't like where they don't either don't bottom out, but they don't actually like push you over the top either.
0: Yeah, they're just dead in the dead in the middle, pretty much.
1: Yeah. If you, I feel like that's basically their entire, like, history of the Pacers.
0: (laughs) No, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Yeah, I think (laughs) we can agree there. Uh, (laughs) I think they're middle of the pack. Um, I don't see them going too far um, because they just don't have that star power that the other teams have or the talent. So they're just going to (laughs) be... right where they are
1: i i used to be like super into like talent level comparison like oh yeah talent level always wins out mm-hmm. and then i've seen boston kind of like shit the bed like yeah. the last like two preseasons uh-huh. where i'm just like maybe this team chemistry and team construction thing matters a little bit i don't know
0: well, we're going to see what the, tree, uh, what the trio of Kyrie, KD, and Harden look like. But right now, the Nets have the duo of KD and Harden's looking really good. Harden got a triple-double in his first game against the, I want to say, the Orlando Magic. And then the Nets played the Bucks yesterday, and, and he had 34 points and 12 assists. And KD got like a dagger three at the end of the game, and they won by two. So... That duo's looking good. Um we're going to talk about Kyrie coming up next. Uh he's coming back, so <laughs> it looks like Ky- Kyrie's coming back to the fold. Uh do you want to add anything before we move on? No. All right. So the next uh we're going to talk about um basically Kyrie Irving. <laughs> um it was it's interesting because i i guess like well today there today there were report today they were reporting that he basically uh he he talked to the media today i don't i don't (laughs) i don't remember entirely what he said because i didn't listen to the whole thing but he, he basically said that he you know he needed a pause and you know he took full accountability for all the uh you know all the time that he's missed he said it was due to like family and personal and personal time so you know i'm gonna i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna slander him uh i'm actually going to i took i took uh some some notes on tw- on um on things that he did and so i'm gonna tell the public um so basically a few of Kyrie's contributions over the last year i got this on twitter um, he donated uh, three hundred twenty-three thousand dollars to Feeding America. Uh, he partnered with the City Harvest to ensure that two hundred fifty thousand meals were distributed to New Yorkers. Uh, he partnered with Nike to donate seventeen pallets of food and masks to the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. Uh, he helped out the WNBA. He committed one point five million dollars uh, to help the WNBA players who opted out for that for last season. Uh, he pl- paid off college tuition for nine, uh, nine historically black colleges and universities from Lincoln University, and then he purchased a house for the family of uh, George Floyd. So Kyrie has been doing some stuff off the court that you know a lot of people won't necess- won't necessarily give him uh, credit for. So I wanted to you know basically give him credit for what he's doing off the court um i think i think he's misunderstood i've i've gotten on Kyrie a little bit sometimes you know probably like last year uh you know i understand the other side you you can't just go like missing in action like you gotta you gotta tell people you know you gotta tell people like hey I'm, like i'm not gonna be here he kind of just dips, so i kind of understand that uh, he was fined for violating the NBA safety protocols, so he had to forfeit his game check. And uh, <laughs> what I wanted to, I want to get your thoughts on it too. But the other day, I don't know if you heard, but basically Stephen A. Smith said that Kyrie was, should retire, and I thought that was one of the most like blasph- blasphemous things out there. So I want to know what uh, what you think of that.
1: Stephen A. Smith <laughs> would not be the first person to bring this up. Yes, like over like the past like couple like maybe like past two years past year or so Mm -hmm. a lot of people have been like talking about like Kyrie Kyrie might retire at the end of like this contract only because like his his mind doesn't seem to be in it like he seems to want to do other things so I wouldn't know I don't know if it's like blasphemous but I didn't see the segment so I can't really say but if like I'm taking it as um since I'm taking it from you and how I'm, like, uh, absorbing the information what you're telling me. Yeah. I don't know if it's, like, blasphemous, but more of a, uh inevitable kind of thing. Uh-huh. Because, like, his interest in the game has, like, waned a bit. Well, from an outside perspective. I don't know how he actually feels, though. So. Yeah.
0: See, my my thing is, why why can't he... Because people are... They're saying that his... In, why can't he do both? Why can't he just... he can He can play basketball... And do what he wants to do on the on the other side, I don't see why people gotta bash him for that.
1: no, I totally agree, yeah, like just like, a, like on a personal level, uh-huh. I like actually completely agree <laughs> with everything Kyrie's doing. like when I look at Kyrie, uh-huh. like I, it's almost like I'm seeing myself. The only difference is I'm not like a top like fifty basketball player, so I can't do whatever the hell I want. yeah, like the man' just like, oh. I need a personal day. I'm I'm done. I'm good. (laughs) I'm all I'm all for that. I'm all for that. But like only because like on a personal level, I don't believe in making your work your personality. So like those people that are like super into their work, Uh which is fine. Like I don't really want to make any judgments on you. Like it's just not my thing. Uh So what? Like Kyrie's just like oh you know what this basketball thing is not the end of the world. I don't really care.
0: I guess it ha- isn't I don't have a problem with that either like if, if that's to him like he's still a, like as long as as long as his play does the talking when he comes back I mean I I don't really <laughs> I don't really care what he does he can do whatever he wants I think he's doing good things you know for the communities and I just think people are bashing him because he's I don't know he's just misunderstood um I mean he doesn't help he he doesn't help himself when he does those media interviews uh I'll, I'll give him I'll give them that because I think he could be more he could be more like respectful or more understanding from where where they're coming from and I think I think he needs to learn a little bit of that but he can he can do whatever he wants he can say whatever he wants I just you know I mean be he's a he's an athlete he's a you know big person so he knows He probably just doesn't care what people think of him So kudos to him
1: No I Actually completely get that Yeah. Like I understand Why people are Mad at him uh-huh. because like Like for what it's For what it is like he's, he's a disruptor Right yeah. like he's disrupting yeah. the Flow like say you're like an NBA media Guy like mm-hmm. for him like he's Affecting like your job and yeah. like if you're A teammate of his like he's affecting your job. Like, you know how, like, we're, when we're at work, if yeah. someone like just suddenly disappears or doesn't show up or doesn't do what they're supposed to do, like, we get kind of like, yeah, no, aggy about it. We do, like, yeah. it bothers us. Uh-huh. But just like on a personal level, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I don't no. care about that. Yeah, only well, because I don't, I'm not, I don't actually don't even think that they should be playing this year uh-huh. just because like the whole COVID thing. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I just wanted to put that out there. That's interesting. And second, like, I think people are making too big of a deal out of it, but I understand why they are doing it. I don't agree with them, Uh but I understand why.
0: Well, he's coming back, so I think he might play tomorrow. So he's coming back. Uh, Good for him. Uh, He took accountability for disappearing. So, you know, hopefully... Uh, things can work out for them uh, the nets are good with him without him uh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> really doesn't matter they're getting out of the east either way
1: <laughs> i think they'll be fine like unless like they get bitten by like an injury bug or like yeah. kobe gets really bad for them i think that will be fine
0: yeah no i think they'll be good uh i think the nets if they if they can find somebody if they, if they have a tr- you know trading deadline look for a big man because I know DeAndre Jordan's not playing like forty minutes a game so you know get another get another uh, shot blocker in
1: there. Well, you know that's unfortunate because they invested a lot in Jared Allen. Uh, no, uh, DeAndre
0: when oh, they DeAndre. signed him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I think DeAndre's gonna. I don't think he's playing that much. I think he plays twenty minutes a game. I don't think he
1: plays. That much I haven't really played That close to inch- That much to the Nets This year But yeah. I think Well outside of the fact That like whenever I see them Like They're just like Bleeding points
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think It's just that like This year is like Super weird Since they're like Not only is their team Like super incomplete They're also like Kind of like Rushing it They don't have They don't have like There's no team chemistry Right, there, right now for them
0: No nope.
1: Since like They're kind of new mm-hmm. For like everyone like, yeah. this is, like, the first time, like, uh, Durant's going to be in the floor with Harden and, like, Kyrie together because Durant didn't play last year either. Yep. But they can score. That's all I know. Because, like, outside the big three, <laughs> you gotta got def- um, you
0: gotta defend, Joe Harris.
1: Yeah. Is there somebody else that I'm forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting somebody else, too. Oh, uh, Dinwiddie. they like, got a lot of guys there.
0: They do, they do. I wish, I wish Dinwiddie wasn't hurt, but yeah, they do got some. Yeah, it's unfortunate. That's unfortunate towards uh, towards ACL. Uh, they, no, they got some guys. You're right. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty set. They just need uh if they just need a uh, commit on the commit on the defensive side of the
1: ball. Yeah, I they just don't have the guys there right now to do that, which is which they had before mm-hmm. with Prince, but he's not there anymore. And there was somebody else whose name is escaping my mind right now, but yeah. But like defense is also like a chemistry thing. Like that's something you need to like build together.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Because like when I look at the Heat, mm-hmm. when I when I see their lineup, I'm like there are holes everywhere in their team. But <laughs> yeah. the fact, but the fact that I think they understand the defense so well, and the way they like, like even last year in the playoffs when I when I um against Celtics. I thought the Celtics were, like, super behind when they were playing them. Like, with Miami, like, they everybody knew where to be. So, like, they were, like, always ahead of the game. And uh-huh. I don't think Boston was able to exploit that. Like, Boston was, like, always, like, either, like, a second or, like, a, just a step slow with, like, the decision-making, even though they were more talented.
0: Yep. They had more uh, – yeah. <laughs> they
1: were tighter-knit. Tighter-knit. Yeah. Sometimes just, like, a comfort in a defensive system matters.
0: All right, moving on to the next thing, uh, they have some basically Corona protocols in the NBA, a lot of games, a lot of games have been postponed about 10, uh, 10 games last week, postponed. Uh, I don't know when they're gonna be rescheduled. I don't think the NBA na- announced something. Um, but basically games get postponed because either the player on the team has coronavirus or uh players on the team have to sit out due to contract tracing of the person who had corona. So it's thinning the rosters and killing my fantasy team to be honest. Uh it's, it's not good. I'm like one in one in three right now. So
1: Luckily I'm not doing fantasy this year. I learned after the football season. Yeah. COVID killed me this year. So oh, like dude. I was just like I, I was just like oh yeah I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it again. <laughs>
0: yeah no no COVID's, COVID's killing my team right now but I want to read something that George Hill said a couple days ago George Hill said um he said I think this was five days ago uh but he said I'm a grown man I'm gonna do what I want to do if I want to go see my family I'm going to see my family they can't tell me I have to stay in a room 24 7. If it's that serious, then maybe we shouldn't be playing. Uh, that was him on the league's uh, COVID protocols. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think he was the only one to speak out, uh, at least publicly. <laughs> publicly.
1: My personal thoughts is I agree with him. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should be playing this year. Yep. Because, like, Like, they made it work last year with the bubble where, Uh like, they made, like, no contact with almost, like, anybody else from the outside.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. But, like, now that they're playing games, like, we've already seen it. Like, we saw what happened with the NFL. We saw what happened with baseball, the MLB. Like, I just don't see how this is going to work. Because at the end of the day, right, Mm -hmm. like, these people still have to go home. Yeah, they do. Like, the bubble's not there anymore. So, by going home, they have to contact other people that may have – that like their families probably have, have contact with others outside of them, so it's just like this like branch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's just hard to do. Yeah,
0: I um, I'm just I'm thankful for the, you know the NBA. I think the NBA is trying to do it the uh, the best that it that it can. You know, with everything, and they're trying to keep everyone safe. Um, I I was listening to like some you know sports talk people, and they were saying like. You know, if he feels that way, he could have just opted out of the season and not because he's still getting paid either way. So you're doing your job, and you know, I mean, it's part of your job. So if you really, really feel that way, um, you can just opt out of the season and not play.
1: Does he still get paid when he opts out? No, he's not going to get. No, he's
0: not going to get paid.
1: Yeah, he he forfeits the salary. He right? forfeits the
0: salary, but he'll get he'll get to be free so, and do whatever he wants.
1: So that incentive <laughs> itself inherently like means he has to come in. Like here is the thing, right? Yeah. You can't just like stop. Like you still got bills to pay. The, your bills aren't stopping. No, no. I mean, I ag-
0: I agree with that. But these are like NBA players. <laughs> I mean, I know some of them. Some of them are. You know they can't, you know, handle their bag of money, but most of them are pretty, you know, they're pretty tight. Like,
1: I would assume yeah. I pretty mean, tight financially. <laughs> I mean, George Hill is probably good, yeah. but at the same time, I also don't know what he has going on. Yeah, like maybe he needs it for something. So maybe, yeah, I, I can't really
0: know. make any judgments. Yeah, I, I was, I was just giving the other, uh, giving the other side of it. But, you know, yeah, it's whatever. I, I mean, I
1: guess. Yeah, I, I guess have, just like on a personal level, I just don't agree with it. uh uh-huh. Like the whole like no, you gotta show up. I'm like, no. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's 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 pretty, you know, <laughs> interesting stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh let's move on to the Celtics. Let's move on to the Celtics. Uh the Celtics are number two number two in the East. Uh they haven't played in a week. Uh recently they lost to the they lost to the Knicks 105 seventy five. Uh, I didn't I unfortunately did not catch that game so uh, kudos to me for not watching a blowout I really like I really like Peyton Pritchard I, I've been watching some Celtics games and he looks really good I really like him Kemba Walker's coming back he came back on He came back on Sunday uh Jason Tatum's still out with Corona but I guess I want to I, I, <laughs> well a couple of questions I want to ask you uh, how far do you think My Celtics are going?
1: I don't know Probably um, I don't think they're going to make That Eastern Conference Finals this year Second round exit maybe Ooh. First round exit depending on how the matchups come out Oh damn um, The damn. thing about Boston is Like their defense yeah. is great Like yeah. It's been great like every year for, Since like Brad got here Uh huh. The offense I just don't know. It's just never there. Yeah. It's super inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's like Brad's system, whether it's just the way the players play. All I know is like in crunch time the offense completely disappears. Like they're either like caught or they're cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> They get really cold when it when it really matters when it really matters the most sometimes they get really cold and they can't they can't um score a basket to save their lives uh, <laughs> It's definitely not good uh, we saw that against Miami <laughs> Miami in the clutch they just oh they couldn't handle it I think I think last year in the playoffs I think the Toronto and the Miami series Boston only won games that that they, blow they blow the opponent out but the close games they lost all the close games
1: yeah it's a crunch time execution or just like general offense that i'm worried about like mm-hmm. there's something there preventing yeah. them from like making that step up like when i watch it i think it's because they just like relying on too many jump shots like they like they can't really get to the like rim like just like um guys like brown tatum Especially Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's like just a terrible finisher for the most part. Actually, he's kind of average. Sometimes he's below average. He's okay. He's but like,
0: okay. work on that soft selection. They
1: just, <laughs> they just don't have a guy that can get it. Yeah. I feel like Tatum and Brown should be able to, but they don't. For Brown, I feel like they just like don't run the ball through him most of the time. I saw that last in the last playoffs. Like yep. Brown mostly just stands there in the corner. Mm-hmm. Like they don't like run like any plays for him. And then we like Tatum. What was his problem? Like he can't he can't go right. You
0: can't go right. I
1: think for him that might, be, like he's like, he's go, um, hand. one hand dominant. I can't forget. I forgot which which one it was. Uh huh. I can't. He can only go like left, yeah. or whatever it was. And like I think that's probably what's hindering him mm-hmm. most of the time. The thing is, I don't know enough whether it's just like a player's issue or whether it's just like. A team philosophy issue because I know Brad likes to run that little little motion offense that they do, which is like college offense, which I don't really believe in, but I'm not really sure.
0: Well, I guess we'll get we'll see if anything changes uh this season in this playoffs. Uh, I think the Celtics can. I think they can get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I I have them losing to the Nets, so I think they can get there. Basically. i know a bunch of like boston people earlier like during this season or earlier earlier in the month i don't know if you saw like on twitter but everyone was just like Jalen brown versus jay jason tatum who's better and i mean if you want to do that uh you can say who but i i I guess i want to ask you does it really matter (laughs) who's better no okay uh, like everyone, everyone on like Boston Twitter, local local Twitter, like all these all these networks, they were asking, "Oh, J- Jalen Brown versus Jason Tatum," and I was like, "Like, um, does this really matter? Who's better or not? Um, <laughs> like, who cares?
1: <laughs> they're both." You act <laughs> like you guys don't need like multiple great players to win. You gotta need both of them. No, yeah, I know, I know. You Need both of them. Yeah, it's just it's just a weird discourse. I don't really want to delve too much into. Like uh-huh. on a personal level, I think Jason Tatum might be a little bit better just like from a skill set. Yeah. Perspective, but I don't think Brown's that far behind. I think they're both like potential like all NBA type players. Although this season with Brown, I'm a little uh, more hesitant with whether he can continue his current production or not. You mm-hmm. guys, when I was looking at, it, like, his shooting splits, yeah, like, his mid-range shooting is unsustainable. From, like, 10 feet to just, like, right before, like, the three-point line, mm-hmm. like, he shoot, like, 60% in that area. That is an unsustainable percentage. And his finishing this year has come kind of below average. Mm-hmm. So, I spent a little bit of regression with his play. Yep. But, overall... He's still a good player. At the
0: end of the day, I think they're both good. I think Jalen uh, Brown has uh, he he's definitely closed the gap, and you know I look forward to both of them, you know, pushing each other, and because they're the yeah. they're the two that are going to yeah. carry uh, carry us. So I've always said uh, I've said this even when Kemba Walker first came here that Kemba's going to have to be that third guy to uh, those two. They will go as far as Jalen, uh, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown
1: take them. I think for as long as I've known you, I've been a proponent (laughs) for building around Jalen and Jason. Yeah, Like for as long as I've known you, I'm just like, no, forget all these big name free agents, invest in Tatum and Brown. They Mm -hmm. are the cornerstones of your team. But everybody's like, oh, yeah, we just keep getting these like top tier free agents like Hayward and then like Kyrie and then like Kemba. And I was like, why? You had two cornerstones right there. You should try to build around them in their timeline instead of rushing it. I'm not an NBA executive
0: so what do I know. Celtics are playing Philly Wednesday and Friday. So that should be a good uh good matchup. Uh it'll be fun to watch. You know, those are two of my favorite teams and I look forward to uh watching those two games on Wednesday and Friday. So yesterday, yesterday was MLK day. Um they had a, you know, triple 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 header on TNT yesterday. So I got to I got to watch basketball yesterday. I'm happy because you know, I took the day off so I got to watch basketball I haven't watched basketball in probably maybe like a week or something so I was I was very happy to watch these games uh John Morant John Morant is back for the Grizzlies uh (laughs) the Grizzlies won that the Grizzlies won against the Phoenix Suns it was a close game uh John Morant made a very good um assist to Grayson Allen in that corner corner three to get that um uh go ahead basket towards the end of the game the nets and bucks was a good game nets uh nets ended up winning 125 to 123. uh katie had a dagger three against the bucks for like 30 30 to 40 seconds left in the game Giannis had 34 points 12 rebounds seven assists chris middleton had 25 points drew Holiday had 22 points on the Nets side james harden had 34 points 12 assists and Katie had 30 points and Jer- Joe Harris had 20 points and then yesterday night we got to see the Warriors pull an upset against the Lakers I don't think anyone I mean I, unless you probably knew basketball I think most people took the Lakers last night but you know the Warriors pulled that upset Warriors won 115 to 113 uh Steph Curry had 26 points he had 19 in the second half Kelly Oubre had 23 points Pascal 19 points off the bench uh, Dennis Schroeder had 25 points Anthony Davis had 17 points And 17 rebounds And LeBron James had 19 points The floor is yours
1: I think the, I think the Lakers are just like kind of like Sleepwalking through the regular season right now mm-hmm. Only because like, they had a super short Off season compared to everyone else Because they were yeah. Because they made it all to the finals mm-hmm. But I expect them to be like really locked in In the second half Also speaking of the Phoenix Suns Yes who saw it coming that the Phoenix Suns would emerge as a defensive juggernaut this year? I don't know. <laughs> because, like, they, like them and the Cleveland Cavaliers have, like, completely done, like, a 180 on defense. Uh-huh. They went from some of the worst last year to, like, literally the worst to literally either the best or one of the best in terms, of like, how the numbers play out, and that is crazy to me. Especially considering some of the personnel but like phoenix has. Mm-hmm. And Cleveland too, I guess. But, but I'm a little less worried about Cleveland in that area. Uh then
0: the next one the Knicks got off to a hot start and then they uh died down a little bit, but they're on a two-game win streak.
1: It's the Knicks. They're still under 500. They're gonna, dis- <laughs> they're gonna disappoint you. Just just take it one game at a time. <laughs> like whatever wins, that they, they get just like just enjoy it. <laughs> just
0: enjoy the because win. Cuz like
1: that Like that team is just I'm just I'm just gonna say They're not Great That's all I'll say about them (laughs) They're not
0: Do you Do you you at least think They're in the right direction With Tom Thibodeau
1: I don't know Only because I'm not sure how I feel About their core Mm -hmm. Like I'm not Too big on um, His name is Slipping my mind right now The guy they drafted In the first round last year RJ Barrett (laughs) Yeah RJ Barrett Like just as like a prospect, I'm not that big on R.J. Barrett, so I don't know what his ceiling is, but I don't think it's that high. Like, I remember when he first came out, I was like, oh, fucking member mentality Harrison Barnes. That's what I thought of him, but <laughs> he isn't there. But I think they should probably take this opportunity to like sell high on Julius Randle while Julius Randle was like playing out of his mind.
0: Yeah, isn't he averaging like 20... Almost ten I think it's like twenty ten
1: and like seven or
0: something. And seven also
1: another it. guy, another guy I had stock in yes. for like the past three years and everyone thought I was crazy. Like this like this offseason, I was like, you know what? If Danny Inch can make it happen, he should make a move with Julius Randle while everyone's super down on him. Probably get him on the cheap. Yep. But instead, he sat on his hands and was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep it the way it is. If it's not a if it's not a guaranteed win for me, I'm not gonna make a move. <laughs> Fuck Danny Ange. LOL. I want everybody to know how I feel about Danny Ange. Alright, alright,
0: cool, cool. I think it's a hack. <laughs> you can keep going if you want. i
1: <laughs> no, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Alright, alright.
0: Uh, do you want to say anything else before we close the podcast?
1: No, I don't have any um, final thoughts. You don't have any final thoughts. I, I think that I, age I think that ange thing.
0: Was enough. All right, Uh, we're just gonna close on that. Thank you, uh, thank you for coming on today. Uh, It was a good time. Uh, It's been it's been a while. (laughs) I mean, I haven't seen you since last year, you know, because of Corona. But yeah, man, it was it's a good time to you know talk talk hoops again. So it was fun. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You can find the Make It Rain podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Google Play, Stitcher and all the other podcast all the other apps that you can find podcasts on we are on facebook twitter and instagram at make it rain pod real quick cl- <laughs> real quick i'm gonna note on how the WMVA helped uh, the state of georgia turn democratic this past summer the atlanta dream co-owner and Republican Senator Kelly Loeffler publicly criticized the WNBA support for the Black Lives Matter movement. The WNBA players met with Raphael Warnock, Loeffler's opponent in the U.S. Senate and leader of the Atlanta's famous M. Benzer Baptist Church. Players across the league used their platform to support Warnock by wearing Vote Warnock shirts in the Wubble, the WNBA bubble, and also praising him on social media. The WNBA players provided an instant boost as Warnock shot up in the polls and Kelly Loeffler big leads started disappearing. The players continued to apply pressure throughout the fall months with outreach and campaigns against voter suppression. Warnock and Loeffler became the two top vote vote getters in November and advanced to a January Senate runoff. And on Tuesday, January 7th, Warnock edged Loeffler in a close race to become Georgia's first black senator. This victory, along with Democrat John Ossoff's victory against Republican David Perdue, gave the Democrats a 50-50 split in the Senate. I found this on a uh, Highlighter on IG, so uh, please check them out and, yeah, just give them credit again. Thanks again for coming on and have a good night.